Hello and welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need. No matter if you're building, buying, or designing your next home, we got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. Brought to you live from the Pella Windows and Doors Studio of Wisconsin. Today's topic is all you need to know about the offer to purchase on your home. Hi, I'm David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the Home Building Hero today. So although I'm a home builder and I spend a lot of my podcast talking about home building, none of that could be possible without real estate. And real estate is a big part of home building because when we build homes, a lot of times we have to sell them. Uh, fortunately, I've been a real estate agent for over 25 years of my career, so I'm very knowledgeable in real estate as well as home building. And I thought it's time to start talking a little bit more about real estate. And no matter if you're, you know, buying a brand new home or buying an existing home, at some point you're going to be dealing with an offer to purchase on that home. The offer to purchase is a pretty standard document in each state. I'm going to caution you right now, for those of you listening, each state has different forms. And so some of the things I might mention pertain to my state here of Wisconsin, and it could be different in other states. But some of the general concepts are similar, and a lot of the real estate laws, there's national laws, and then there's state-specific laws. So certainly can be differences, and um, keep that in mind as you're listening. If you're from out of state, it might be a little different process. But a lot of the same concepts will be similar in all areas. So you're looking for a house, and pretty soon you're going to go buy one. And this can happen in a lot of different ways. You could be just out driving around and find one that you like and call a real estate agent and set up a showing and then offer to purchase that home. Uh, Other times you could have a real estate agent employed right away and you go look at a few homes and then you ultimately will write an offer on a home. So we're going to talk a little bit about how the process works first when you write an offer on a home. So there's a standard form, as I mentioned, and you do have to have either a licensed real estate agent or an attorney fill out that form. You cannot write your own offer to purchase and just submit it. It does have to be done by a licensed professional. So that is one thing that kind of limits you a little bit. You just can't go out and start writing your own offers to purchase. The second thing is, if you're working with a real estate agent, you're going to look at a home. You have to always remember that when you're going to buy a home that you want to write your best offer when you're writing a home. I know sometimes people want to get the deal. They want to get a discount. And I understand that. But sometimes, especially if you're looking at homes that are maybe lower priced or uh, where there's a lot of competition on it, you're going to need to write a very good, solid, potentially even aggressive offer to make sure that you get the home. So keep that in mind uh, to try and write your cleanest, best offer. Because you have to remember that you can put in the offer to purchase whatever you want, but if you make it too uh, difficult for the seller, if you put too many terms in there, the seller may just not even accept the offer to purchase. So you have to think about it not only from your buying perspective and your needs, but also to make sure that you can create something that's going to be mutually beneficial, that's something that a seller is going to want to accept. Okay, so you found the house. You're going to write an offer to purchase. There's a couple things that will happen. You can select a few things. First off, you're going to you know, have your information in there. You're going to have 
the address of the home that you're going to buy, and you're going to have your offer to purchase, your price that you're going to put in on the home. And this is always sometimes a strategy thing, but you're going to want to really think about what other homes in the area have sold for. If you found similar homes, that is usually the best example of what the home should really go for. Not what someone's asking for it, but if there's four bedroom homes with three car garages on one acre lots, and there's 10 of them that have sold in the last year that are similar, you can get an average price for those. And that's going to give you a pretty good indication of how much that house should go for. So you're going to put your offer in there. And then you're going to be putting in a couple other things. You're going to be putting in some earnest money. And you want to make sure that you put a fair amount down for earnest money. So to show that seller that you are for real, that you do intend to buy that home. And then you're going to want to put in um, some contingencies in that offer. Contingencies are basically uh, things that need to happen before you can buy the home. And it protects you as a home buyer. So you're going to want to put in a few contingencies to make sure that everything is a-okay before you purchase this home. So you're not stuck buying something that's not feasible for you. Typical contingencies you might have would be financing contingencies, which would basically kind of indicate how much money you intend to borrow, the approximate rate that you are hoping to get or looking at, and then the amount of time it's going to take for you to secure that financing. You want to make sure that you leave yourself plenty of time for those contingencies. And then the next thing that you might want to do is if you're selling a home and you're selling your own home and you need to sell your home first, you are going to want to include that contingency in there as well. Make it contingent upon the successful sale of your home. I've also seen people do the successful closing of their home. So maybe your house is already sold, but you're not sure if everything's going to go together. Maybe you haven't gotten through the inspections or you know your buyer, you're not sure they're financing but you want to go out and buy that other house, you do want to make sure that you make that home, um, you know, you make that a contingency that your home successfully closes for you to buy the next home. Of course, if you can get financing for the other home without selling it and you don't want to worry about that, you can certainly do that. That would make your offer stronger to the seller. And then any other things that come up that you would like, like if you looked at a home, there's some blanks on the offer. Maybe there's something that's not included with the home that you want the seller to include. For example, maybe they are not including the kitchen appliances and you really like the refrigerator and the range and you don't want to go out and buy a new one. You could ask for that in the offer to purchase. Um, or there's all sorts of things that could come up. You could have something excluded or you notice something that's a glaring issue with the home. You could also request in the offer to purchase that the seller fixes that item for you. So once you've gotten all that kind of figured out and filled out, you would sign that offer and your real estate agent would then send that offer to the agent that's selling the home. And a lot of times there's two different agents. There's the agent that you're working with to help you buy the home and then there's the agent that's selling the home. Sometimes it can be the same agent. So just understand that there are different uh, things that can happen in those situations. We're not going to dive too deep into it, but... Um, you do have different situations where, you know, the you have to find out who the agent is really representing. Um, a lot of times for me, as I'm selling my home, I might have a customer come in, they'll have me help them with the home. 
I still represent the seller who happens to be myself. So you have to understand whose best interest is in, in, in mind in that. But you've written your offer. Now the broker is going to submit the offer and a couple different things can happen. This is really what I wanted to get into with this podcast. So there's a couple different scenarios. One, you write a really good offer. The seller likes it, works for their, their needs. They sign it and accept the offer. Congratulations, you now have an accepted offer and you're going to be buying a house hopefully very soon. But that's not always what happens. Sometimes the seller doesn't like a few of the terms in the offer or many times they don't like the price that you're offering for the home. And maybe they don't like all the terms or there's something in there that they they can't make work. Like you want to close on the home in 30 days and they know they can't get out of that house for 60 days. So what's going to happen is you're going to get a counter offer. And this is where then the seller has their agent draft a counter offer form. And basically what it's doing is it's rejecting your offer. Happy clients, more profits, less stress. That's a trifecta of the construction business. We all want that, right? Well, after working and talking with hundreds of home builders and remodelers over the past two years, BuildBook has discovered the one common ingredient that determines the success of your construction business, the client experience. And we're not talking about just during a project. A client's experience goes from their first impression to their final payment and everything in between. And if you drop the ball anywhere in that journey, things can get super messy, super quick. BuildBook has developed the first-of-its-kind platform that focuses on helping you deliver throughout the client journey, the one thing standing between you and achieving the trifecta of construction. It starts with marketing tools to attract the right leads, add in sales tools so you can win the best projects, and finish with project tools that knock your client's socks off. Marketing, sales, and project tools all rolled into one simple yet powerful platform designed to give you and your business an unfair advantage. If you're looking for happier clients, more profits, and less stress, head on over to buildbook.co now and try it for free yourself. That's buildbook.co. And if you let them know you heard about them on the Home Building Hero podcast, they'll send you a free swag pack. And then there'll be some bullet points or some, some items to modify the offer. Now, this can be dangerous in a way because as soon as the seller counters the offer, they've rejected the initial offer. So for you, if you submit an offer and you get a counter offer, you have several more choices. You have the choice, do I, do I accept their counter offer? And then you have a signed deal. Do I just completely reject the offer, the counter offer? And then there's no deal on the table anymore. Or I can now submit a counter offer. And you can submit a counter offer and then further change the terms. And this can go on and on and on. Sometimes there's three or four. Sometimes even five counter offers before you get an accepted offer. But you have to be careful because sometimes if you keep countering and you keep countering, at some point someone will get fed up <laughs> and throw their hands up in the air and say, you know what, this person's being too difficult. I don't want to work with this person. Every time I try and do something, they're trying to change something else. So you have to understand that a counter offer always rejects the other offer. The other thing that could happen, like we're talking about different scenarios. So you have this scenario where there's a counter offer. The other scenario is you could have the offer completely rejected. So you submit an offer and it's not even close to what the seller's looking for. 
they could just not respond. So there could be a day or two before they have to decide the offer and they could just let it go and nothing happens. Or they could just flat out reject the offer, say, sorry, nice try, and move on. Now you would have the choice again. Do I write a whole new brand new offer? Doesn't happen very often, but once in a while that does. Or you have to kind of move on. So those are some of the different scenarios, but there are some other ones that I want to talk about as well. All right, you wrote an offer. Let's say it's a competitive situation. There's a bunch of people looking at this house. You, instead of getting a counter offer, you get a multiple counter offer. This is something that doesn't happen as often, but it can be a very interesting circumstance. And what happens in this situation is, is very different. When a multiple counter comes back, that means that the seller has more than one offer and they're negotiating with multiple people. So what happens from the seller side is they've rejected, maybe they've got two offers, they might have four, they could have six offers, we don't know. But they're rejecting all the offers on the table and they're going to send different terms out. Now, a multiple counteroffer is different for each buyer, for each offer. So if you write an offer, you could get a completely different counteroffer than someone, you know, someone down the road that bought or put the offer in on the home. They could send out five different multiple counteroffers. And what happens in that scenario is you have to basically sign that multiple counter if you have any chance of getting that home. If you want any chance of getting that home, you're going to need to sign that multiple counteroffer. But that does not guarantee you that you're going to get that home. That guarantees you a chance to get the home. So if a multiple counter comes out and you accept it, you may still not get that home because there could be five other ones out there. And then what would happen is the seller would collect all these and look through them and then pick the one that was best for their circumstance. So it's kind of a risk when those come out. Typically, when there's a multiple counter, there's usually only one other offer. But if it's a very competitive home, yes, there could be multiples out there. And you could have a good price. You could have a good closing date. Uh, but if you've got financing and it's maybe a little questionable, you could, you could foreseeably lose the house because there might be somebody coming along that's going to buy it for cash. So understand that. And then the other option you have, if you do get a multiple counter, you could counter the multiple counter. But I, if it's a house you really want, I really wouldn't recommend doing that because um, that is going to uh, potentially kick you out of the loop, especially if there's three or four other offers and you, you try and change the terms, they're probably just going to move on to another offer. So as you can see, there's a lot of different scenarios that can happen just within the offer to purchase. Um, it can be very interesting. It can be changing um, and it can be very dynamic. Uh, so those are the main things, but there are some other things that can happen with an offer to purchase. Let's say you do an offer to purchase and you get it signed by the seller and you know that you're going to be moving forward to buy the home. You also have other things like an amendment. An amendment basically is something in writing that changes the terms of the offer to purchase. So a lot of times things come up as, as you're building or not as you're building, but as you're buying that home. And so sometimes, you know, oh, you know what? We've got our, you know, our loan date's going to change. Or, you know, I found out that the bank is not going to allow that credit that we put in the, the, the paperwork. So now we have to amend the offer. 
And again, this would be a similar situation to how the offer is accepted. An amendment is created by one of the parties. It gets sent to the other party and they can either approve it or they can reject it. So again, that's another way that the offer can change. Um, sometimes things can be changed without an amendment. And the easiest example of this is with regard to dates. So like if you have a date for something in your offer to purchase, you can potentially move the date up because most days in the offer to purchase are what we call on or before days. It has to happen by this certain date or before. If it happens before, you don't have to change the paperwork. You just notify the agents that, hey, we want to move the closing up a couple days. Seller says, yep, that's fine. Okay, that's the new date. That's as simple as it gets. You got to move the closing back, however. Now you have to do that in writing because the seller negotiated with you to close this house by a certain date. Now it's a different date. Well, guess what? There is additional um, potential costs, holding costs and things like that. And the seller may not want to push it out any further or they have a house that you know they're buying and they need those funds and now that messes up their schedule. So there's always different things happening and going on throughout that process of the offer to purchase. And then of course you have your other little components like your inspection contingency and that's a certain amount of time for you to look at the home and have a professional come in and check out the home and let you know if there's any issues with the house. So there's a home inspection. And then there's also um, your different contingencies like your financing contingency and your home sale contingency. And we're not going to talk about the home sale contingency. If you want to hear more about that, we did do a podcast all about bump clauses and home sale contingencies. And you can definitely check out that episode so that you know how that process works. And of course, this offer to purchase is very important because a lot of people are going to look at this. You're going to, of course, have your seller look at it. You're going to have the real estate agent who's um, you're presenting that to the seller is going to look at it. The lender is going to be looking at it. The uh, title company will be looking at it because there's certain pieces of information that are pertinent to them. So that's why you need to have a professional, whether it's a realtor or an attorney, to help you navigate through that process and, and do that paperwork. Because there is a lot of different scenarios and things that can happen. And these forms change from time to time. And uh, a lot of times, um, these offers to purchase every time, uh, every couple months, they, they, they look different and they add something in or they add in a different situation. So it's really important that you fully understand you know, the scenarios that can happen and the ramifications of what goes into the paperwork. So hopefully this gives you guys a general understanding of that whole process of how a house is purchased and that offer to purchase. And certainly if you have more questions, feel free to reach out. I'm always available. If you do have just a general question, you can email us homebuildinghero at yahoo.com. Please understand I am not an attorney. I'm not going to give you legal advice. I am a real estate agent. I'm not allowed to give you legal advice. I can certainly answer general questions for you and my goal is to make sure you understand the process so that you don't get burned or get into a situation that you feel uncomfortable with. And everybody goes at some point and buys a home and it's an exciting process, but um, it helps when you kind of understand how everything goes together and what's, what's required so that you don't have one of those situations where you, you put an offer in to buy a house and you're up all night and you're freaking out and you're really worried about everything, 
that's not something that anybody wants to go through. And so that's why we do this. That's why we created this podcast to help you guys understand everything there is about home building, home purchasing, and so on and so forth. So I want to thank you guys again for tuning in here today to the Home Building Hero brought to you by the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Studio. Once again, I am David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Home Building Hero, and we'll talk to you guys very soon.